morning. This is, uh, my name is Greg Moore. Y'all know me. I'm uh, the uh, fruit of the spirit expert, right? This is fruit of the, fruit of the spirit. Uh, lesson number two, how many of you have learned something so far? <clears throat> Amen. And so uh, we're going to learn a lot about, about who you really are. As he is, so are we in this world. So the fruit of the Spirit is all about the different aspects of the character and nature of Jesus. Now, in your, in your, in your character, in your nature, you are exactly like Jesus. Every one of you, each one. Uh, each one who's watching online. And by the way, I want to welcome each of you who are watching uh, by way of video uh, on, on, on our online campus or one of our Extension School campuses, you, you, you're exactly like Jesus in your nature, yeah? And you, you only have ever had one nature. Before you were born again, you had the nature of the devil, okay? After you're born again, you've got the nature of God. You don't have a good dog and a bad dog on the inside of you uh, fighting against one another. The, the cross ran over the bad dog. He's dead. But water baptism is the funeral service for the old man. That's why, look, I've been, look, I, I know that baptism doesn't save you because my mom encouraged me to get baptized for her security about her baby. And so I got baptized at 14 years old or 13 years old, but I didn't get saved because at the time, because I thought that if I got saved, I'd have to respond to a call like I heard other people go to Africa or India or China. And I wanted a pretty girl. And I didn't figure she would follow me to Africa or, or India or China somewhere. Anyway, I got saved later, but the bottom line, and then I, so when I got born again, uh, I was in a denominational church where they sprinkled. But, but I, the, you've learned about sprinkling is not, it, you don't sprinkle dirt on top of somebody to bury them, right? And so, uh, so I got dry cleaned and, uh, and then, I, then I got immersed the, the, the proper way. But baptism doesn't save you. If it did, I would have been saved at 14. So we need baptism, but it's a funeral service for the old man. And so it's, look, you do, you've got only one nature on the inside of you, but your flesh didn't die. And if you want me to pray for your, you not to have to deal with your flesh anymore, you're going to ask, you're going to, you're asking me to pray for you to die today. Okay? No, you, you rule over the flesh by yielding to the spirit. That's how you do it. Okay? And so fruit of the spirit, we're talking about who you are, what you have, and every, each one of us has this, but now in our gifting, none of us has the full measure of, of, of Jesus in our gifting. We have it in our nature. In other words, if you think you're an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, all rolled up in one, you're just a legend in your own mind. No, we have individual giftings that's a measure of the gift of Christ, Ephesians 4, 7. But in our character, we've got the full measure 
of his character, yes? Hence, that's what the fruit of the Spirit is about. And have you learned anything so far? Okay, I'm gonna tell you funny, is that okay? This is called softball in heaven. Two 90-year-old women, Bertha and Betty, they'd been friends all of their lives. When it was clear that Bertha was dying, Betty visited her every day. One day, Betty said, Bertha, we both love playing softball all our lives. We played all through high school. Please do me one favor. When you get to heaven, somehow you must let me know if there's women's softball there. Bertha looked up at Betty from her deathbed and said, Betty, you've been my best friend for many years. If it's at all possible, I'll do this favor for you. Shortly after, Bertha passed on. A few nights later, (coughs) (laughs) Betty was awakened from a sound sleep by a blinding flash of white light and a voice calling out to her, Betty, Betty, who is it? Asked Betty, sitting up suddenly. Who is it? Betty, it's me, Bertha. You're not Bertha. Bertha just died. I'm telling you, it's me, Bertha insisted the voice. Bertha, where are you? In heaven, replied Bertha. And I've got some really good news to share with you and a little bad news. Tell me the good news first, said Betty. The good news, Bertha said, is there's women's softball in heaven. Better yet, all of our old buddies who died before me are here too. Even better than that, we're all young again. Better still, It's always springtime, and it never rains or snows. And best of yet, best of all, we can play softball all we want and never get tired. That's fantastic, said Betty. Man, that's beyond my wildest dreams. What's what's the bad news? (laughs) Bertha said, you're pitching on Tuesday. That's funny. I don't care who you are. (coughs) Praise God. All right. So this is lesson number two. Uh, We read in, in fact, turn over there then again in Galatians chapter five, Galatians five. So the development of the fruit of the spirit in our lives is essential in manifesting Jesus and receiving our inheritance, right? our inheritance. And the fruit of the Spirit is about being like Jesus. And in verse 16 through verse 21 is all kinds of manifestations of the flesh, correct? But then God's highest purpose for us as Christians is to make us like Jesus. True? Romans 8, 28. In fact, just back up here to to Galatians 5. He's telling you all of these things, verse 21, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like of which I tell you beforehand and just as I also told you in time past that those who practice such things will not what? Inherit the kingdom of God. Does that mean automatically that you're not saved? No, the application could could include that, 
But there, you know, do you understand, guys, that the that the area of of largest unfulfilled potential is the graveyard? Do you understand there will be tears that will be wiped away when we get to heaven over what could have been? And the, the issue is, if we yield to the flesh, okay, does God still love us? Uh, does God, is, is God going is gonna, God gonna to send us to hell? No, he loves us. Does he love us? Does he care about us? Does he believe in us? Yeah, but you can still go to heaven empty. Do you understand it's not equal opportunity employer there? It's not socialism there. You read 1 Corinthians 3, verse, uh, verse uh, 8 through 15, and you can see all of these things about, you know, man, if you build on this foundation of Jesus Christ, uh, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble, the day of the Lord will try every man's work what sort it is, not what size it is. Andrew talks about that. And so... But there, and every man will receive a reward according to his labor or his work. The labor and work there is not a bad word. That is works that are done out of faith and trust and obedience. You're here today because, or those of you who are watching, you're, you're, you've taken the step to follow the path that God has for you. And you've taken that step and there's rewards. That's building on your foundation. Gold, silver, precious stones. And there will be a reward handed out one day. Yeah, even if it's just crowns that I'm gonna lay at his feet, I want a crown to lay at his feet. Yeah? And there are people that are gonna go there empty. He, he says that, that it's, you, you'll, be, you, yeah, you'll be saved in 1 Corinthians 3, yet so as by fire. In other words, you just escape with the shirt on your back. And you go to heaven and you, and you get to learn and you get, you get a robe and a palm leaf. And then you can have the palm leaf ministry if you want to. But I'm going and ruling and reigning with Jesus. Are you hearing me? I'm going to rule and reign with Jesus. And it's because I'm yielding to him, I'm following him, and I'm going to let uh, my light shine. How about you? And so the fruit uh, in, in, in your outline, B in your outline, the fruit in an individual's life and ministry determines their validity more than the supernatural operating through them. Okay. Uh, spiritual fruit is the outcome of unbroken and full communion with Christ. In John chapter 15, you know my disciples because they bear much fruit. And manifesting the fruit of the Spirit glorifies the Father and is a primary identifying factor of his disciples. Number one in your outline, his disciples. And in Galatians 5, 19 through 21, lists certain qualities resulting from a life that is disconnected from God, practicing yielding to the flesh. Verse 22 and 23 describes the results of a life lived in connection, in connection with God, lived, lived a life lived in healthy 
direction. God packages himself in a wrapper of fruit, first through his son, next through his body. Yes? And you and I, you and I are those people that he when, he, when he says, taste and see, the Lord is good. Who are people going to taste and see from that the Lord is good if they can't taste and see uh, the Lord in us? Um, uh, Gandhi said, I, I would have become a Christ, Christian if I would have ever found one who acted like Jesus. Are you hearing me? And guys, here's what happens many times in life. People poke on you and prod on you and push on you and, and, and try to bite your head off. Let's say you go into ministry and you're a children's pastor, a youth pastor. Do you understand one of the uh, ministry lessons 101 is that you do not have the liberty to bite back when people bite you. And they're going to come and tell you, you know, a little Johnny, you, you didn't treat little Johnny right, and, and I'm mad at you, and man, they're going to give you the what for. Any of you ever had that happen? Okay. And so what you're going to be tempted to do is give them what for back. But what is that rising up on the inside of you? Oh, that's righteous indignation. No, it's not. The wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. And so when people push on you, prod on you, squeeze you, here's what you have the opportunity to do. You have the opportunity to say, you know, I'm, how, how many of you have children? Anybody have children? Okay. And so you have the opportunity to just go and say, you know, I'm sorry. What is your name? Raynell. 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 I'm sorry, Raynell. I know that you've got concerns about little Johnny. Okay. And what we're going to do is we're going to check into that and pray about it, and we're going to get back to you. And everybody watch. Everybody watch. <laughs> now, Raynell's going to come at me again. How do I know? Because <laughs> 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 I've met Raynell in another name and another body. <laughs> and she's going to come at me again and, and blast me and tell me, you don't understand how bad you treated Johnny and how terrible this children's ministry is and all that. Raynell, I know you've got concerns about Johnny. And you know what? I, we're going to check into that. We're going to pray about it and we're going to get back to you and everybody watch. Why am I zipping my lip at that time? Because I want to inherit. I don't want to disinherit. And if I manifest my flesh and bite back no matter what she said in a negative way, I have lost my opportunity to have influence in her life. And so what does anybody remember in Matthew 14? What did Jesus do when he found out that John the Baptist was beheaded? What do you think he was tempted to do, first of all? He was tempted to leverage his influence with the multitudes and go take Herod out, right? But what did he do? He went apart and prayed. Why did Jesus, the Son of God, our Savior, who's the leader of our, our way, why did he go aside and pray? Because he had flesh like you and me. He went aside so that he could pray and he, he, he went 
and prayed so he could take time to get his emotions under control. And then when he came out of that time of prayer, where Herod took one out, Jesus took multitudes out of Satan's kingdom by healing the sick and, and ministering. See, guys, what we have to do is we're gonna feel like jumping in the middle of somebody's stuff. Somebody's gonna rail on us or accuse us or send that e you know, love email. That's really a hate email. And you're tempted to write that email out and give them a piece of your mind. That's why you don't have much left. And you, you give them a, you, and then you send it. Man, you feel good about yourself. Yeah, you just disinherited. You just lost your influence because you have the right to manifest your flesh. Let's call it what it is. You just manifested the flesh instead of taking the time to zip your lip, pray over it, get that email, don't even answer it today. Pray over it, seek the Lord, and wait until you know that you're drawing on the fruit of the Spirit and you're, you're responding in the Spirit instead of reacting in the flesh. Now that is a mature leader who draws on the fruit of the Spirit. That, my friends, is what this course is all about. And to the degree we do that, we have fulfilled our kingdom purpose. To the degree we don't, we won't. Are you hearing me? Yes. And I have to walk in this a few times every day or week. Are you hearing me? Important keys in cooperating with fruit bearing. Number one, we're receptive. You gotta be open to this. Number two, we endure pruning. And that pruning is not sickness and disease or poverty or lack or problems in life. Pruning is when the Lord's, what's happening to you in this class. And the Lord's speaking to you about making a choice of manifesting the, the Spirit and responding in the Spirit and taking the time to get your emotions under control before you respond. And then number three, we stay connected. We stay connected to the Holy Spirit. Everything God created, He created to bear fruit. It, isn't, isn't that what He said? The very first words He told man when, when he created man, he said, be fruitful and multiply. Now, I understand that involves procreation, and that's great, and that's fine, and that certainly is an application. But I tell you, there's a spiritual application. And the kind of fruit that we're to bear can be found in, in Galatians 5, and 23, which is a description of the kind of fruit that we're to produce in our lives when he said be fruitful and multiply. Yes? yes. Turn to 1 Corinthians 13 now. Well, well let's just look at uh, Galatians 5. Let's read it again. But the fruit of the Spirit uh, is, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, patience, self-control. Against such there is no law. And so, again, if you practice Yielding to the flesh, okay, you, you, you're going to fail to inherit 
part of the kingdom and some of that is just with people, your influence with people. Would you agree? Then, but he, then he contrasted and said, but if you yield to the fruit of the Spirit, then you're going to inherit, right? So the fruit will cause you to inherit. And as I mentioned in lesson one, I can give you a couple of examples of that that are connected with fruit. The meek shall inherit the earth, right? And then I think in Hebrews, it talks about through faith and patience, we inherit. So fruit helps us inherit. True? Have you ever thought about that? Yeah. That's why you took this class. Awesome. Now, now I want before you leave Galatians, we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 13, but I want to, I want to read in Galatians 5, 22. But the fruit of the Spirit, what's the next word? The fruit of the Spirit, what? Is. Well, wouldn't you, wouldn't the grammatical way to say a plural was the fruit are? The fruit are? The fruit of the Spirit are, and, and because it's, and, you know, because it's plural. And, but he doesn't say it. He said the fruit of the Spirit is. You know why that is? Because really, the bottom line, the fruit of the Spirit is one thing. It's love. And it manifests in all these different ways. And I'm going to prove that to you by look at 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13 and verse, uh, and, and for you teachers, you can teach this. This is copyrighted. You're right to copy. You can just teach this yourself. I've, in fact, I taught this in a series in my church and proved that the fruit of the Spirit really is one fruit that's manifested uh, several different ways. And I can prove that to you by looking at the, def, the best definition of, of love, agape love, can be found in 1 Corinthians 13. And within that definition, you see all the fruit of the Spirit. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? So 1 Corinthians 13 says, love suffers long. Uh, verse four, love suffers long. So that would be long suffering, wouldn't it? Or patience, right? And, and then while it's being patient, it is kind. So that would be kindness, right? See, we're comparing the definition of, of love to can we find all the fruit of the Spirit in that definition, right? And so, and is kind, so that would be kindness. And then love does not envy. Now, this is not as obvious, but you, if you're at peace, you won't be envying, right? So no, number three in your outline is peace, the fruit of peace. Then number four in your outline, love does not parade itself, it's not puffed up. That would be gentleness or meekness, true? Gentleness or meekness. Then in verse five, it doesn't behave rudely. It's not provoked. That would be self-control. Also peace. Self-control. Also peace. Number six in your outline, it doesn't seek its own, thinks no evil. That would be love and goodness. Love and goodness. And then 1 Corinthians 13, 6 does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. So that would be goodness and joy. Can you all see this? You can see each of the fruit, guys, in, in, in uh, the definition of love. 1 Corinthians 13, 7, 
Number eight in your outline, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. That would be long-suffering and faithfulness. That's each of the fruit. Y'all see that? So um, every, every fruit of the Spirit, you can see in the definition of love. So it's proof. That's the, really the fruit of the Spirit is love. And it manifests in all these other ways, right? So it's no wonder the best definition or description of love includes all of the fruit of the Spirit. Now, uh, 1 John verse, chapter 4, look at that, verse 7 and 10. Now, you're going to see this on your test. And I, I don't want you to miss this question, okay? So make sure you get this. Love initiated and proceeded forth from God and is a gift to everyone who is born again. It initiated and proceeded forth from God and is a gift to everyone who is born again. Look at verse 7 of 1 John 4. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. So everyone who is born of God has this love, right? And in verse 10, in this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. So it initiated from God. But then it's every one of us who's born again has it. So if you see a question on your test about whether you have this when you're at the new birth or not, and whether it initiated from God or not, then you've got that, right? He demonstrated his love for us by the sacrifice of his son for our sins. Once we receive his love, we also receive the capacity to love. And, and you know, I, look, I'm not going to split hairs with anybody about this, but in Matthew 22, 37, he told us that we're to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We have the ability, when God gives us a command like that, you have the ability to do it. Now, listen, here's where that ability comes from. It came from God, but now look at John chapter 17, and this is a high priestly prayer of Jesus. How many of you believe Jesus gets his prayers answered? Okay, here's a prayer that I don't, he, he prays for us to be one or in unity, and unity is specifically a leadership issue because in Psalm 133, it says it starts at the head and goes down over the, that anointing starts at the head, goes down over the beard. The beard is a type of maturity. That means you don't put, you don't put someone in leadership who's not mature. And it, leadership starts at the top. Unity starts at the top. Anyway, he prayed for unity. Then look at verse 26. You're not going to believe this is in the Bible, but it is. And this is your answer for anybody who tells you a, 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 a statement that is inaccurate like this. Well, God didn't tell us we have to love him with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. You can't do that. Try doing that. And you know, you could, we could all say, yeah, yeah, I know that, that's true, yeah, yeah. And I understand God's love for us comes first, right? But he told us it was a command. We're to love him with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Well, let me tell you a prayer Jesus prayed for you. Look at verse 26 of John 17. And I've declared to them your name and will declare it that the love with which you loved me may be in them. 
implied for me. That the love, Father, that you loved me with would be in them for me. So I can love Jesus with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength because God, Jesus prayed a prayer that the love the Father had for him would be in us for him. Yeah? So he gave me grace to do that. I don't do it with my, my, the strength of my will or anything like that, but don't, don't exempt yourself from being a lover of God. Say, I'm loved of God, and I'm a lover of God. Don't exempt your, Jesus, pray that prayer. That with that prayer comes the ability that, that, that you have in you, that you can love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength. Say, I've got it. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for everything Jesus told me I had. Yeah? I've got that. So the various ways we demonstrate our love for God and seeking him first have the potential to draw others to the Lord. Our love for God is never complete. Number four in your outline, never complete apart from, from a true demonstration of love toward others. Look, guys, I understand. I get it. I'm, I'm, I'm there with, with all the teachers that teach that I, we have to understand God loves us first. I get all that. But if your understanding of God's unconditional love and grace ends with moi, yeah. ends at your house, it's incomplete. Because how can you say you love God and you don't love your brothers. Look, he gave you that love. That love that he gave to you also gives you the ability to love others, to love God and love others. Say, I have the ability, have the ability. to love. love. Well, okay, it's just real simple. You've got his nature, and his nature is love. <laughs> You've got his DNA. You're a lover. Say, I'm a lover. I wanted to say, look at your neighbor and tell him I'm a lover, but <laughs> just depends on who you're talking to. If it's your husband or wife, you can tell them that. I'm a lover. So I look, I've got the ability to love. I've got the capacity to love. And if my understanding of love stops with me, it's incomplete, it's immature. And the second commandment is like, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. 1 John 4, 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. True? But the, that doesn't mean you do it with the strength of your will. You do it, say, I'm loving others with, not with my flesh or the strength of my will, but by the nature I've got on the inside of me, God so loved that he gave, and he's inside me. Yeah? If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's what? He's a liar. <laughs> you can't tell me you hate your brother and you love God at the same time. That's your flesh. I said, that's your flesh. It's not who, you're not drawn on the nature of God. The fruit of practical Christian love involves seeking the welfare of others. See in your outline, the welfare of others let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. 
Philippians 2, 4, let each of you look out not for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Manifesting the fruit of love is about blessing others. Everybody say others. If it's love, it will benefit others. It will help others. It will leave others better off. True? John 13, 34 and 35. Um, look over there. John 13, 34 and 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I've loved you, that you'll also love one another. By this, all will know that you're my disciples if you have love for who? One another. That's the brethren and the sistren. How is the world going to know? That, how, why would they want to join you? Because you're loving others the way they can't do it. And it starts with your sandpaper person. I moved a lot when I was uh, young and... When we moved, I, when I moved to a new school, I would always either fight with or make friends with the bully. Right? Might as well. And so, the, don't tell me you're walking in love with those who like you. It's those, it's those who uh, you don't like. Those who get under your skin. Those who, those who just like the like the fingernails on the chalkboard. Like. They rub you the wrong way. Anybody know anyone like that? Oh, yeah. You're a sandpaper person. Don't, don't look on the left or the right and incriminate yourself. <laughs> but we're supposed to love one another like he loved us. How did he love us? While Romans 5, 8, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's how we're to love others while they are yet sinning against us. True? Yes. Sure gets weak in here when we tell the truth. While they're yet sinning against us. How are we to love them? While they're yet sinning against us. Don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Most people read that. You know, I mean, that's probably not your refrigerator verse, Romans 12, 21, is it? Any of you have that on your refrigerator? Don't be overcome by evil today, but overcome evil with more evil. That's my verse. Is that what it says? What does it say? Overcome evil with what? Good. And, re and remember, we've got the goodness of God on the inside. We've got the fruit of, of the Spirit on the inside of us so we can manifest goodness. But... You, it's a choice, guys, and it starts. You might as well just get this straight. It starts with your sandpaper person. Oh, yeah. Love is not tested, number seven in your outline, with those who like you, but those who are difficult, sandpaper people. Sandpaper people. The primary key to our effective witness in the world is how we treat and get along with one another especially those who are difficult. Anybody know anybody like that? No. Difficult. I, I mean, I'm in Bible college, and this, and this guy is on the front row. Lester Summerall had been there while he was still alive, 
and had been, I went to Ramah, you won't hold that against me, Karis wasn't here then. And I was on the second row, I was a second year student, this guy was front row with, with, his, with, with his buddies, and, uh, and we, were, uh, we were having a chapel, and, he's, and, and I heard him right before the chapel, he was saying, did you hear last night, Brother Summerall? He said, the first year class, they were champions, not the second year. Just warmed your heart, especially if you're second year, right? And man, it was like we had a, a school of about 1,700, and it was, it was uncanny. I was running into this guy everywhere on campus, my sandpaper person, the one I loved with much passion, the one I loved to dislike with the most passion. And I'm praying, I'm actually praying this prayer, God, get him out of my life. And I heard the Lord speak to me. I've been interceding at the right hand of the Father and 12 other Christians have missed their assignment with that man. And you're about to be number 13. And he said, I want you to love him. I want you to pray. He's a prayer project for you. We're praying for God to get difficult people out of our lives. Jesus is praying, would you manifest me to them through you? Anyone know Debbie Moore? Debbie Moore works down in partner relations. De Alan and Debbie uh, were, were uh, leaders in my church. Uh, Alan since gone on to be with Jesus. Um, but he... Uh, they they were they came to our church service on a on a Wednesday night and and I, I was preaching this message and she came up crying afterwards because because she worked for the wicked witch of the east any of you know her and she and I mean she was terrible treated her terrible and she was praying God I want to work for a Christian organization do you know there's some bad folks and Christian organizations I mean, that manifest flesh. Anyway, Alan, her husband, was telling her, listen, you need to, this is an opportunity for you to overcome evil with good and bless her and do kind things for her and all this. And I was preaching that message. I said, you know, give, give that person, this is a test for you. Give them a Starbucks card. Uh, give them flowers. Take them out to lunch. Be kind to them. And all, you know, manifest Jesus. Manifest fruit. Instead of flesh. She came repenting. Alan's already told me I should have listened to my husband. And so she started ministering to her sandpaper person. She started giving her Starbucks cards. Which, by the way, if you start getting a lot of Starbucks cards after this message. You may, you may take a clue that you're of the hint that you're somebody's sandpaper person anyway, just saying. So she, she, she gave her flowers. She took her out to lunch. She started complimenting her where she could, not in genuine, and, and they, started, they started becoming close. Does anybody remember the movie, The Passion of the Christ? Yeah. We rented out, I pastored in Decatur, Texas, north of Fort Worth, we rented out the entire movie theater when that came out. 
we, 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 we were able to give altar calls. Guess who came to that movie? Debbie's Wicked Witch of the East, former Wicked Witch of the East supervisor and her husband and their family and they all got saved. Now that would have happened had God answered her prayer to get her out of that organization into a Christian organization, wouldn't it? No. We're praying for God to get us out of a situation and that sandpaper person possibly, guys, is somebody who's a prayer project for you, for you to overcome evil with good, for you to manifest fruit and 12 other Christians have missed their, their assignment there, but after today, you're not going to miss yours, are you? Amen. Amen? Good preaching, Pastor Greg. This is awesome. So our primary key to effective witness is, is dealing with, uh, with love with people who are difficult. In your outline, D, the way of the world and the way of the flesh is selfishness. Selfishness. All you and I have to do to be selfish is to wake up in the morning and yield to the feelings. Feelings. Nothing more than feelings. <laughs> and the impulses of the flesh. You know, we live in a very selfish society. It's crept into the church. This is if I'm not happy, 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 happy. That's my goal, to be happy. If I'm not happy, if I'm not getting my way, if I'm not getting my needs met, it's okay to divorce. It's okay to tell folks to go fly a kite, to leave my church. It's okay to leave my church or my job because after all, I've got my rights. Number two in your outline, I've got my rights. What if Jesus had done that? What if he'd said, I'm not gonna take this. I don't deserve this. I have feelings too. This is not the Christian life. That's not the Christian life. Jesus lived and died to serve and give his life for others. That's love. And that's what we're called to do, guys. Amen. The fruit of love is sacrificial. First, Second Corinthians 12, 14 and 15, I don't seek yours, but you. And I will very gladly spend and be spent for your souls. Though the more abundantly I love you, the less I am loved. Man, they forgot about him. They, he, he started those churches and, and they forgot about him. And then the newest apostles, uh, so-called self-appointed apostles came along and they forgot about him. And, but he did, he did not let that change his love for them. Paul could have focused, number two in your outline, on how they forgot about him because of the new self-appointed apostles. He could have been hurt, cynical, and bitter because of their lack of appreciation. Appreciation and re reciprocation of love. He, along with Jesus, passed up that opportunity. Are you listening to me? The more sensitive we are to soul hurt and rejection, the more selfish, selfish we are because the biggest thing we're focused on is how this affects me. After all, like Joyce Meyer said, 
It's all about me. It's all about me. All about me. All about me. All about me. My world revolves around me, right? That's what it's all about, isn't it? I'm being a little facetious. Is it about you? Who's it about? It's about manifesting Jesus in a difficult place. When people are pushing you, prodding you, biting your head off, they get under your skin. Now's the time to manifest fruit, not flesh. To manifest Jesus, not your rights over them, which you don't have rights over them. You have a right to lay your life down. Should our primary focus be our feelings or should we grow up and take our toddler pants off and put our big boy and good big girl pants on (laughs) and manifest the fruit of unconditional sacrificial love? I had a pastor who came in to our pastor's group and and he'd been there 10 years and, and the church didn't even recognize him for being there 10 years. And he was bummed out. He was all... You know, they, didn't rec- they don't care about me. They don't appreciate me. I'm leaving. And so we, we ask him, it's in your outline, did God send you? You know, you have to be led out just like you were led in at God's direction, not by offense or hurt feelings, not by offense or hurt feelings. Who said everybody had to appreciate you? Did the Lord tell you, you go take that church, you be a good pastor until they stop appreciating you. If they don't treat you just right, you go ahead and leave. If I were you, I'd leave too. Is that what Jesus would tell them? Were there any times that people didn't appreciate or treat Jesus right? Look, we told this path, and he, man, he said, man, thanks guys, forgive me. Lord, you sent me, Father, and if people don't appreciate me, that's my job is not, that's not my job. My job is to love them irrespective of how they're treating me, whether they reciprocate, whatever. I'm here to obey God. You know what, guys? How you leave a place is exactly how you will enter the next. You could say you're not offended, but many people leave offended. And you need, you need to deal with your heart. How did, you, how, did, how did Jesus come to us? He came unto his own. In his own, number nine in your outline, received him not. They shunned him. They mocked him. They persecuted him. They rejected him. They killed him. And he took it. He took it because he cared more about us than his feelings or his soul hurt or his comfort, and he had at his, at, at his uh, demand a legion of angels that could have got him down, but he took it, and he, and, he, and he received that because of his love for you and me. And Jesus died, and he loved us, and he, and he took all of that. 1 John 3.16, by this we know love because he laid his life down for us and we all also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. And yet we're so easy to leave when things get hard or things get tough or somebody says something about us or somebody, you know, doesn't treat us well or you go in and then and they leave the church and you know they don't appreciate me listen guys that's not that's not 
Our job is to get everybody to like us. It's this kind of love, this kind of fruit that people need to taste and see in the church and in Christians today. Would you agree? Yes. Guys, th this is, that's what this course is about. It's about you and me manifesting Jesus and, and not giving authority to our flesh, to our feelings, or what people do or don't do. Who is your sandpaper person? Think about it for a minute. Who's your sandpaper person? All right, you begin to, does anybody have them in mind? Okay, and you, those, those of you watching by video, think about who's your sandpaper person? Listen, make them a prayer project. Do what got overcome evil with good. You bless that person and you watch and see, they'll taste and see the Lord is good, amen? And I speak grace over you that you have the grace to love God as you've received his love and to manifest that love in, in powerful ways to other, others, amen? amen? God bless you guys, love you.